Well, when I saw there was like a magic documentary, I'm like, okay. You're I'm like, gonna, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It's kind. Of, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Because it seems to. It seems to appeal definitely to a very not necessarily different group of people, but like it speaks to you know. Yeah. Not necessarily the hardcore dockheads, you know. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, I mean, like I've been going. I've been attending hot docs for years. Right, and so we don't generally get a lot of or any magic, <laughs> <laughs> metaphorical or literal magic. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't even going there. I was just <laughs> you went there. I know, I know. I was just you know, just trying to up the up the yeah. ante. Yeah, all right. In some way. Well, it's kind of <laughs> live from the center of the earth, girth. Hi, Sammy. How's it going? Good. Is this your Hi. first time in Toronto? Yes. Yes. How are you enjoying it? I'm obsessed with Toronto now. When we were driving in, I thought it looked like a better version of New York somehow, like a more palatable, digestible version of New York. <laughs> like they cleaned it all up or something? Yeah, it's a and clean it's, city, it's actually, attractive and, you know, and not too many LA. people. Yeah, it is clean. We do what we can here. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're originally based uh, in L.A., I guess, or California? or where? We are. We're both L.A. people. Yeah. We don't seem like it, though, do we? Hopefully. Say no. yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the right answer. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, I'm still figuring that one out, but yeah, we're we're Did fans you get a of different LA. vibe. Or no, no, I was just clarifying because yeah, because like there is, but there is a difference. I mean, we're getting a little off topic here, but there is a difference between like the East Coast kind of New York City oh, filmmakers and then the West Coast kind of. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. I see a difference for sure, but it's just a different. I used to hate LA so much, and now I am fully in love with it. And there's there's something really a, a specific intensity about the people in LA who are in creative industries. So I don't know. I dig it now. I feel like I'm with my folks. I never would have thought that. Yeah, I always found LA like a giant like office building. It was never like a city. <laughs> you just go there to like work and we, everybody... We call it a city of neighborhoods, lovingly. You know, yeah. not an office building, but you know, yeah, you, f you find your niches. I think that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. yeah. Like in all of life, you find your little groups right. and places. Your gangs and posses? Yeah, that's how I always say it. Yeah, I'm, gangs and posses. As pos of right now. <laughs> okay. yeah. But there's also a really strong documentary community now really developing in Los Angeles that wasn't there before, felt like, and now there there is. So I think that's really rewarding. Well, and are you guys part of that group and just kind of hanging out with other... <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm part of the... I mean, I, I know I have my documentary filmmaking friends, yeah. but I don't know that I'm... It's not like my base. I mean, it's hard in documentary because you don't really make a living at it unless you're one of the top kind of five people. So it's this world that you decide to enter and it's not like you're showing up to work every day with, you know, 20 other documentarians. You know, we're all kind of hustling and doing our other work as well so you know what i mean it's like you, you you make the community your own i guess yeah there's there's an intersection point every like three months right because everybody works on projects that like last from i think the shortest three years to 10 years mm -hmm. and then you kind of go for a b after three months and then yeah and you try to help each other because you know even on this film it's like you it's everything is a labor of love that means you know a lot of people if you ask nicely and they love it they help you out yeah which is cool about documentaries yeah well, and that actually brings us to it kind of segues nicely because you guys are talking about the struggle of of being a documentary filmmaker and how maybe not it's not a profitable way, and that's one of the themes of the of your magic documentary. Yes. As yes. we follow <laughs> four magicians who are trying to make it or have somewhat made it, like the one who's on Johnny Carson, like 
Give us a breakdown and like the elevator pitch of the. Uh, you should, you're going to parties now, so. Yeah, I I don't really do an elevator pitch for it because I feel like it's respite from my world of elevator pitches in TV. So I talk about the greater themes of it, which you have nailed, which is basically that you know they're trying to make a living at something that feels almost impossible to make a living at. It is for me, one of the most beautiful aspects of the human experience, not to be too grandiose about magic. Um, and there are people who have devoted their lives to making that their, you know, their business and their life and seeing how hard that is and what that takes is, is the perfect kind of example of people choosing to do this thing that they love and seeing how much struggle is involved in doing it and breaking through. And I think on the very basic level, for me, thematically, it's all about what are you willing to give up? or sacrifice for your dreams. And I think that's ultimately everybody who's in the arts or in general loves something and then is really digging into that. Uh, I think that's a question we all ask. But that's that's with magic and that's like with acting where it's just like you really got to commit yes. to the to the bit, to the hustle, to the whatever, however you want to kind of frame it. Yeah. Right? But like, I think also, you know, but that's a perfect example of acting I think is revered. You know, people grow up wanting to be actors. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think magic... In my mind, or maybe this is a personal fear that I think people see magicians as whatever weird stereotype they have in their head from childhood, and it's not usually positive, and I find that extremely <laughs> disconcerting, which is honestly probably the number one thing that motivated me besides my, my love of the art form is just the fact that people had such misconceptions about magicians from popular culture or experiences in life with awkward people or whatever it was. So I wanted to really wanted to bring a different view on that which i think happened halfway no it's yeah <laughs> but interesting i mean even i mean when we filmed that's an, an inside joke within an inside joke i mean all the, the the folks john is keenly aware of that right there's that they have this like ranking of artists which so is like actor and then musician and then writer I forgot there's <laughs> like five else. more and then there's <laughs> magicians and then there's the mind that's, yeah that's the order yeah you know and it's true i mean they're, they're faced that every day yeah. It's interesting because I was just talking with some other journalists and other people over the last week or whatever. And then we were just talking about like, yeah, we're getting ready for hot dogs. And I'm seeing this documentary, this documentary, whatever. And a couple of times I mentioned I'm just watching a magic doc. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. And they're like, that's really neat. And a couple other times I slipped up and I said I'm watching a documentary about magicians. Nice. And people just like, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's the it's what you're talking about, though, right? It, I think it is definitely. That's exactly it. And have you seen magic in life, like really good magic? In I person? just actually saw Darcy Oak uh, oh, two weeks ago or three cool. weeks ago. Yeah, so that makes me happy. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, because I think you're exactly, you know, it's that's exactly it. It's that that kind of dichotomy of you know magic as this profoundly amazing thing that intrigues everyone. And Wonder but nobody and wants it. Yeah, and then somehow the idea of a magician is is you know, antithetical to that. And I think that's a really bizarre phenomenon. But I guess that's why, you know, this the film has a lot of magic in it, which I think helps, you know, the idea is obviously to draw people into how amazing it is and getting to kind of look behind the curtain at the people who are able to do that crazy, amazing stuff. So, you know, I, but I don't know. I like, I like to think in my, in my heart that <laughs> this film will give people a different view on, what magicians are and make it less of a kind of, oh, a magician. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, even if it, it I like the idea that it would change. No, that but I mean, bit. that's why we, why we all, I mean, probably make, but definitely watchdogs, right? Because it's one of those, one of those opportunities to get a glimpse into a world you're not a part of. It's a window, yeah. It's a window. And I think that's, that's incredibly rewarding if you see something that you always think, yeah, I'm not that interested. And then you see it and you're like, wow, that is actually kind of fascinating. 
Because you you actually have a lot of cool access in terms of how you follow the the four magicians. You want to just give us a quick breakdown for of the the magicians and who yeah, they were? sure. Um, so the magicians are John Armstrong. Do you want me? To, how much do you want me to say about them? Yeah, just give a couple of lines. Just kind of okay. paint a picture. Okay, great. So You're John Armstrong is. <laughs> I always <laughs> want to talk about their personalities, but I'll just talk about their magic. So uh, yeah, John Armstrong is an extraordinary close up magician. Um, who is just an overt geek, and he's, he has this part in the film that I love where he kind of says, you know, now that being, being geeky is cool, I'm going to put that out there and just be, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a geek and I'm cool and you're supposed to like me. Um, we have David Minkin, who is sort of the more, I mean, I would say he's the most kind of average-seeming guy. I mean, I think that's fair to say. He's just yeah. sort of like, you know, a guy who decided to do magic, but he has a really beautiful take on magic and, and, and its power and what it can do. And I think seeing him working in the world and coming up against, you know, all the things you have to deal with as a magician is really interesting. Um, he had that Don't bury the lead. He was Johnny Carson's favorite magician. We actually oh, have Gillis? Brian Gillis, right? Did you not say Brian Oh, Gillis? I was talking about oh, Lincoln, well, but... You, yeah, so... so uh, but Brian Gillis was Johnny Carson's favorite magician, and he, I think, in the film really represents, you know, somebody who is has had this prolific career, but is now in an industry where ultimately youth is important, and he's trying to figure out what what to do with that. And then we have a stage illusionist, Jan Reuven, and his his um, manager Frank, who's sort of the star of that duo, who have like a, a stage illusion show in Vegas. So it's quite a contrast, I think, the to bed the other of death. guys. Yeah, <laughs> the bed, bed of, of death. death. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are the guys and you know, it's funny we I don't know. I sometimes don't really know how we ended up with those folks, but it's, you know, I can I know a lot of people in the magic world and I can imagine a really different documentary based around all kinds of different people, but this is definitely a representation of like, you know, these kind of four worlds and 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 four stages, right? Of where they're at. Like you yes. mentioned one was performing at Johnny Carson, so obviously he's been in the game for a while. Yep. Um, that there was that nice clip you had too, where he had, was uh, did a magic trick with Fred Savage from one day. <laughs> <laughs> Love some archive. Yeah, Archive's uh, always really good. That's a good cut, isn't it? It, it is a good cut. Yeah, it was a great trick too. But I was just like, "Yo, Fred Savage." Hey, Fred. No. Yeah. As a kid, I know it's amazing, isn't <laughs> so, it? And, and Jay Leno. That, Jay Leno was on there too. I know, but Fred had that nice little suit on too. <laughs> He was working it on yeah. his late night talk show appearances in the yeah. Wonder Years days. I know uh, his mom cleaned them up good. Yeah, yeah they did a good job. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so those are the guys, and, and, you know, there are a million other directions we could have gone in, but, you know, there were things happening in their lives at the time when we started filming them and, and you know, that made it sort of compelling and, and made them the sort of obvious choices to film. Were there other people that you had considered to shoot, or other, I guess other magicians that you had considered and then just didn't make the cut? Or Yeah, we did at the beginning. I mean, we, we talked to a lot of people and thought about a lot of people, and, and we did a sort of initial filming day with a few people, and then it's, it's funny, it almost sort of whittles itself down for you, I think, when you have, you know, when you have a lot of experience filming people, you just sort of see what is going to take you farther and what's going to take you into a story that's compelling. Because, it, you know, it couldn't just be about them being able to do good magic. There had to be something that was compelling about their personalities, but also that looked towards something maybe happening in the future. So, Momentum. Yeah, some ambition that would lead you to, to narrative beats for the film, really. You know, because a film without any story, even a documentary, is, is kind of lame. And we want to, you know, always have some story playing out. 
you asked me about if I had seen any magic recently. What was this kind of spark initially for you guys? Like, had you, did you see magic <laughs> as a kid? Or sorry, poor Christoph. Yeah. No, um, no, it's fine. I have an answer to that too. But okay, go good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm throwing I, them out to both yeah, of you. Yeah. You both can take it. Like, I, I mean, if for me, magic. I, I always describe it this way, and some people in the magic world hate this, but it really was like a disease to me. Like, magic just happened. Like, I, I saw um, a mind reading routine, and it was like a. F- a switch flipped and from there on out I was just obsessed this was like 10 years ago I saw Kreskin and, live amazing Kreskin oh, wow yeah. I love this good job Sammy I did yeah but I'm it was impressed. disappointing though because I met him afterwards there's like a lineup and you can uh, meet oh him never out. do it never do it in all of life never that's do that that's true for everything right that's yeah, true but, for musicians but, and actors and- I know but it was just like and I had to introduce myself I said my name is Sammy and he didn't say I know like he just he oh, didn't yeah you're disappointed I, that he didn't have like an all knowing yeah kind of ability. I'm like come on man work with me here <laughs> well you yeah. were you were fooled by magic yeah, I was fooled by beautiful magic thing so, um, yeah so you started early it looks like yeah I mean well it was li- late in terms of magic because a lot of people that are in magic come to it you know as a as a kid so I was definitely late to the game but I think that gives you an advantage because you have you know your kind of adult brain before you came to magic and your kind of knowledge of what it looked like and then if you get into magic then you can you can really you know study up and kind of learn the ins and outs but still remember what it was like mm-hmm. to see it before all of that so I think, you're not jaded basically well i'm definitely jaded but <laughs> but that yeah. being said i can tap into my kind of pre-magic brain and yeah. see it i think a little bit more easily because i was you know like 27 or whatever when i got into it and what about you what was your um well, I mean, for me, actually, it was magic as well. But be, So Marcia and I directed a film together previously, and then at one point she told me about this one because she was a member at the Magic Castle and she really knew everybody, and she said, I, I really want to do a film about magic. And I was, you know, I, we had, like, best way to describe it is, like, a little bit like Mulder and Scully, but I was Scully. <laughs> yes. So I was like, yeah. that's not, that's not going to work. It doesn't translate mm-hmm. on camera. It's like nobody cares. I mean, I had yeah. that basically prejudice like nobody yeah. cares about magicians and then Marcy said just look come over I'll get you into the magic castle and just meet some people and then the same thing for me seeing something live someone like three feet away from you a yeah. foot away from you and then it was incredibly compelling and then the characters were so rich that I thought absolutely like right away after the first test and every we did we're like we have something here yeah <laughs> yeah why you laughing? I don't know. I just think it's funny when you when when we try and finish our sentences with "yep, yeah." yeah. <laughs> Again, then, so that was how you kind of came into magic, and then when did the kind of the rough idea started to form to actually commit to a documentary? Because you shot this or worked on this for four years. We did. Thank so, you for noticing. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate so, that. Um, <laughs> that's a huge commitment. Not a huge, but it's a commitment. Oh, right? it's yeah, a huge commitment. That is yeah. that is an understatement. That's a yeah. huge commitment. I mean, it's something that honestly, if we weren't completely hell bent on finishing. It would just never happen. Like I assume that I assume from my experience alone that that ninety nine percent of documentaries just never get finished because you have to just completely be just dead set on finishing it. But um, but to answer your question, we I, I wanted to wait a long time because I think with magic you get a deeper and deeper understanding constantly if you're studying magic and interested in it. You your your understanding of it just constantly changes and modifies. And I thought, oh, I'll I'll make a documentary about magic in 20 years and then I'll have this kind of amazing depth of knowledge. And um and then somebody at the Magic Castle just said, you just need to do it now. Don't be ridiculous. Don't try and, you know, put all this weight on the future and what it would be like. Just do it now. And 
I mean, I'm really glad that we did. It's strange for me to think about. I mean, I could genuinely be happy living my life making magic related documentaries, but I think I'll try not to do that. But <laughs> but it but it just was like, well, if we have the idea, why, you know, I mean, it really just goes back to the fact that why put something off even if you, you know, you think it's going to be the perfect time in the future or the perfect, you know, knowledge or understanding and and we just decided to start. Did your definition or your concept of magic change as you did this and you started to hang out with magicians? Well, I was already into magic and hanging out with magicians, so Krista should probably answer that. Well, that's a good question. I mean, for me, actually, that goes back to the previous one. This is good radio right now. But I think Marcy came from here, and I came from here. Oh, right? yeah. So where you really wanted... You're thinking, <laughs> you, you were thinking really hard about this from a meta perspective, right? Yes. Like exactly how much you'd bring to the table. For me, initially, what was really, really interesting was that journey aspect. And so for us, we started filming kind of right away. It's not like we were like treading water and like talking to people for two years and then shot for like a year and a half. But we just started filming like exactly four years ago and we're filmed until like last summer. Mm -hmm. So I, um, and I mean, it did certainly change because I think I had that, I was like everybody else. I had that preconceived notion. It's like, it's birthday parties and that's kind of lame. And like, if you look yeah. really closely, you're going to see exactly how it works. There's and a quarter behind your ear. Exactly. But <laughs> It is actually quite amazing. And it's one of the things we, we purposefully talked about initially that I did not want to know how, I didn't want to know the inner workings. Like we had that clear understanding that I'm not going to ask any questions just because I wanted that level of amazement. And that's also ultimately as a filmmaker, then if it, if it works for us, it's like it belongs in the film, but if mm -hmm. it doesn't work, then it shouldn't be in. So I think that was actually a really good but going back to Mulder and Scully, you <laughs> yeah. know, it was a really interesting working technique where it's like, I wanted to be kept in the dark, purposefully. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because Houdini and Doyle, in real life, they hung out. And uh, Doyle really believed that Houdini had, like, occult powers or some yeah. sort of superpowers. And Houdini was like, no, man. It's just like I put the quarter in my sleeve or, like, yeah, what, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Crazy right? Guy. And yeah. it was just like, and Doyle couldn't get it. And it yeah. reminds me of that interplay. Definitely. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, I think so. But also with magic, sorry, when I get talking about magic, I get real excited and I have a lot to say. Go for it. But I think there's that spectrum of how people respond to magic, too. And you see that even with the film. You know, we have magic in the film that I think is really compelling. I mean, magic is never as good, you know, on TV as it is when it's in front of you and something genuinely impossible is happening in your own hands. But, you know, I think there's that real dynamic of kind of... Um, how people respond and how people want to know things, don't want to know things, all of that to me is kind of fascinating and just tells you a lot about a person. You had a lot, I liked a lot of the expressions of people because you, you kept a lot of them in there where like their jaws would drop or like, how'd you do that? And like girls are just like their eyes would get all big and like dudes like try to be all cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. Right? That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. When he's on a date and like trying to be cool, like, yeah, girl, I got yeah. this. I'll tell you how it's done. Yeah. That's so what they it's do. Just like, yeah, it's just a plastic hand. Yeah, exactly. That's what guys do on a date. You, um, you know, you always hear them ex like explaining to their date. The girl goes, do you know how it's done? And then the guy's like, yeah, I know how it's done. It's just, it's insane. It's like the, this insane, like cognitive confidence that is always incorrect and good magicians will play with that once they pick up on that oh, they do yeah. most of them yeah. I think that goes that feeds back into like what I was saying before when I said I'm watching a documentary on magician people are like oh it there there is an element of con men in there right because it's just like 
you got made full of. Like most people, they feel pretty confident. They're street smart. They can get by at work. They can put on pants successfully. <laughs> no, right? Well, I mean, kind yeah. Of. Nobody likes pants, but it is what it is. <laughs> but and then and then this magician comes and is like, "Is this your card?" And it's like, "Damn." Right? I got it caught. happened. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's something that in the film I would have loved to have dived into even more deeply. And I think we we touch on it a little bit, but I think you're right. There's an element of whatever personality has come to magic, they have to be able to walk that line of that kind of con man aspect because you have to essentially be on the surface telling a lie, right? There's there's gotta be this kind of like surface moment with someone where you're taking them down a path that isn't isn't right in order right. To, to fool them and to give them that experience. Um, and so I think you have to have this aspect to your personality that, you know, you're able able to do that in whatever way. And that is a, a strange kind of self-selecting aspect of it. And I think there could be a whole film just about that, really. Yeah. But you also had the theme in the documentary about uh, women magicians. You asked that one um, yeah. assistant, or I guess she, she is a full musician. Uh, magician. She is a magician. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, <laughs> classic. Uh, yeah, and she works with Brian Gillis as well. But yeah, she has she does her own stuff too. What she said was kind of interesting. She was saying how like men don't like to be fooled by women mm. was basically kind of how she summed it all up. And I was thinking about that. And I'm like, I actually haven't really seen a woman do any magic, so I'm like, I don't know. I just to me, magic is magic. Like yeah. I don't care what your gender is. Just yeah. find my card and the deck of cards, and I'm I go home happy. <laughs> Hopefully more like than that. Hopefully more mm. than yeah, yeah, yeah. Card, you can do stuff like with swords yeah. and flames and stuff. Yo, I'm in. Swords. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, yeah. I know the guy, so yeah. Um, yeah, I you know I talk about this, or I, I've gone through phases of talking about this a lot in my life, and I'm I'm currently in a phase where I don't think about it a lot because I just sort of accept it as part of you know many of the other parts of our life where women aren't hugely accepted in comedy and whatever else. Um, I think I like all of the theories. I've never heard a theory about women and magic that I fully disagreed with. I think there are a lot of thoughts about, I mean, I like that answer of, you know, they don't like to be fooled by women because it is, it's powerful to be able to do good magic. It's incredibly powerful. And in a way, I think women already have this kind of power over men at times in in a sense and i think giving having that in a different way is scary and unlikable for for men sometimes i don't think that's enough to kind of describe the entire reason why there are almost no female magicians but i think that's one aspect to it that i find pretty amazing yeah because i mean when it's a man doing it's magic but when a woman does it it's a witch yeah it's trickery and yeah Yeah. deceit exactly and then so for you christoph what was it like to kind of travel and hang out with magicians, <laughs> ma- ma- magicians as you kind of got deeper into this world? How did you, what was that like for you? Look, I mean, they're like people like us. I think that's really fascinating. And that's one of the most gratifying things being a documentary filmmaker that we had the time, despite working all these other jobs to make this film happen, that we were really able to, you know, hang out with them. And, you know, with John traveling all the way to Wisconsin and, and, I mean, one of the biggest compliments I heard from magicians who have seen the film is they're saying this is kind of the first film that really kind of captures the experience of being a magician. Yeah. Because they are, I mean, they are keenly aware of how society sees them, right? Mm-hmm. And like the, the trappings it comes with and the consequences. And and uh, I think that's actually kind of fascinating because that's one of the things we always were worried about. It's like, is it when magicians see that, you know, are they mm. going to be like, oh, this is a little rough in parts, right? Mm-hmm. And But they, they do embrace that because that's that's their life. Yeah. So, yeah. It was actually a very human, like, because, again, with, like, when I saw Darcy Oak, 
he just comes out, he does two hours of magic, and then he goes home or he goes to the next stop on the tour, and I just go home, and I'm like, I try and figure out how he did that, and I know it's a plastic hand. <laughs> <laughs> good, good answer. Always a solid answer. Always a solid answer. Yeah, that's and the then uh, that's, that's my go-to. It's a, so, it's a plastic hand. <laughs> and then that's kind of, but this actually was really neat because you did take them, you know what I mean? You see one of the magicians with his parents, and he's like, I'm going to be on TV, and like you see lots of cool little uh, things behind the scenes. That's the whole thing with magic. It's like what's happening behind the scenes. Because you know that it's always misdirection, right? There's always things that are happening in front of you. And that's what they want you to focus on. But you guys actually got access and were able to go behind the scenes. Yeah, and I think, yeah, exactly. And I think there is, there is again, as there is in magic, there's probably infinite depth to talking to, figuring out what it is to be a magician. And I think this is one aspect of it or one take on it. Um, but but that was, you know, I'd been studying magic and and very rarely performing magic for quite some time and had a lot of friends in magic. So I think access-wise, that's exactly right. I mean, I think, you know, they knew that I was obsessed with magic and really wanted to kind of do right by magic, I guess. Um, and so I think that access-wise, I think there was still trepidation because I think performers in general don't want to give it all away. <laughs> um, yeah, but, filming but there was trust, performers yeah. is really hard and then you put on top that that's their livelihood right? right secrets are their livelihood so i think i would say as an outsider there was at least a solid year to year and a half we put in just to really that they knew and we knew that we trust each other i think that that took quite a bit of time some of the characters at least mm. It's like when you go undercover, right? You need that one guy <laughs> yeah. who vouches for you for the mafia. He's cool. He's cool. He's not wearing a wire, right? <laughs> it is that. It is. And that. you're just like, what kind of plastic hand did you use? You know, what I mean? you're writing down notes and you're like trying to like. That was good, actually. That's a good uh, kind of example in magic. If we were going to go with the plastic hand example, yeah. of like, what did you use? What's what sort of you know device is this? Which whose is this? You know. Right, but from the, from the non-magic side of things, I think one thing that's always very important to me, and I know about to you as well is is the fact that it is a journey that like films what we both like are human experience films like Grey Gardens right there that that it's not just like talking heads and mm -hmm. like you're, you're talking about a very specific topic but it's you're going to be spending time with those people we spend almost four years with them yeah and 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 kind of in a weird way it sounds kind of cliche but it's like that tenacity of the human spirit really kind of comes through whether you're a magician or a musician or whatever <laughs> a painter it doesn't matter like you all go through that stuff you know does it ruin, I mean, you've done a documentary, so I guess this is a kind of a silly question to ask, but does it kind of ruin the illusion a little bit of getting to know the magician and who he is and how he operates and how he kind of thinks and seeing with his parents and do you know what I'm I mean, at? yeah, I do. I, I don't think so at all. I think it adds depth to it because I think ultimately as humans, we don't do particularly well at understanding each other a lot of the time. I think we understand people that are already in our peer group maybe. Um, but I think seeing outside of that is just innately hard for us, you know, and, and so I think giving people access, you know, I think having seen behind the scenes now, hopefully they would have more kind of empathy and interest in a magician, you know, so if they walk into a restaurant rather than going, oh, God, a magician coming yeah. to our table, they would be like, oh, my God, there's yeah. a magician. I wonder what he's trying to do and what he's been going through. I wonder what kind of routines he has. You know, that that is, I hope, what that view would give people. I'm not even saying much stronger, absolutely more respect. Because, I mean, for me, magicians were always that person, that kind of glass box, like, right over there. And I never had any contact with them. So, right. for me, actually, um, being able to spend time with them and really seeing what goes into it, it's way more respect than I had before.
All right. So, yeah, actually, absolutely. All right. You're, you're smiling and you're happy considering your absolutely. journey too. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. For sure. And that was actually one of the big questions I asked myself is like, is that something because we knew this is going to be at least four years of commitment. Is that something we want to put in? Yeah. And she was sold on magic. And I was like, man, that is that's some time right there. Yeah. The documentary has its world premiere uh, Saturday, April 30th, right? It's world premiere. Yeah, that's yes. tomorrow. Tomorrow at Hot Docs. And Woo. it's already at Rush Tickets, so that means it's probably going to be sold out. So that's amazing. Give me yeah. a high five for Woo. Sell, Thanks, selling all the documentary. That's amazing. <laughs> and there's it's a big theater, too. It's beautiful. It's yeah, attractive. yeah. It's a big old one. It's, it's nice, too. You got you to tuck in your shirt a little bit. It's a little slightly I'll tuck it in. I can yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, you look like a classy lady. Thank and then, you. Um, I gave it to you. <laughs> and then there's two more screenings at Hot Docs, Monday, May 2nd, and Sunday, May 8th. All the information is at hotdocs.ca. But... After Hot Docs, are you hoping, I guess, to kind of sell it or what's going to happen with the documentary? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we want to, there's always the route of self-distribution, but of course we want to have as big of a, you know, net as we can cast on the world. So yeah, we want a, a good distribution pathway uh, and one that is short and gets it, gets it out, you know, as quickly as possible. But, you know, we're in it for the long haul, so we'll do what we got to do to get it out there. And it's going to be out there. I mean, it's a, it's really interesting when I, when I tell people, like, what are we doing? And you say... I say magicians, by the way, not magic. Yeah. And but everybody is at least very intrigued. Yeah. So I do think it is gonna be a very um it's gonna be very kind of a big populist film. Like people are just gonna be drawn to it. So I think our big goal is to that it's that it's simply out there, whether that's a Netflix or Amazon or iTunes, and we're trying to hit all that just to make sure that a lot of people can see it. The opening scene is amazing. Nice. <laughs> so I'm not gonna describe it or anything. Good tease. Like yeah. But I was like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, this is like, yo, I had my nostrils and chips. I was like chilling. So I was like, yes. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. I so, like it. Uh, thank you guys for coming in, visiting my summer lair. Uh, this has been Marcy Hume. And this has been Christoph Baden. And the documentary is called Magicians, uh, The Life in the Impossible. And it's playing at Hot Docs. And then hopefully it'll be cinemas near you. Exactly. Out in the world. Thank you guys for coming in, hanging out, talking about magic. and Thanks, like... Sammy. You're cool. Oh, really? That's yeah. nice. That's, yeah. uh, we may should do like a group hug afterwards. We'll like... do that. Absolutely. Right. Take a group picture. Yes. Oh, yeah. Movie poster. Yeah. Boom. I'll have to have you guys like sign it or like make it disappear. Or, <laughs> or both. Yeah. <laughs> sign it and then disappear. Sign it and disappear. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Sammy. Thank you.